Welcome everyone to a special episode of the Buck Stops here. It's uh, Kirk Buckner running uh, NotInHallOfFame.com and I have a very special guest here from Baseball Reference and I can't wait to introduce him. I'll let him introduce himself. Hey, how you doing Kirk? Uh, I'm Adam Dorowski. I'm uh, the Director of Product for Sports Reference. So Baseball Reference is one of many, many sites that we do along with basketball reference and all the other reference sites and Stathead and Immaculate Grid is the, the newest thing for us. So I'm excited oh. to chat with you about uh, lots of different okay. stuff. Yeah, awesome. No, I, I was not aware that you were doing some of the other stuff uh, that, that you just mentioned here. Uh, one thing that obviously with what I do is, uh, is a big focus on Halls of Fame. Uh, I'm just going to like put you right into the fire, if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay, uh, so like for myself personally, so like I rank those who I think should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm curious if there is somebody that you personally want to see in the Baseball Hall of Fame more than anyone else. Or is there somebody that you don't want to see? <laughs> no wrong answer, really. Yeah, that that's, that's interesting. Uh, so the Hall of Fame for myself is a very, very strong interest for many, many years. I don't know if you're familiar with the site, the, the hall of stats.com. That's one I, am, I, yes. I put together uh, many, many years ago uh, when I was back in my, uh, a little bit more uh, aggressive about the hall days where I was yeah. like, Oh, they're getting it all wrong. I could totally do a better job with a formula. You know, I'm a yeah. little bit older now, a little more calm. I, uh, I know there's a lot more nuance to it, but uh, gosh, if there's uh, any, any specific players that I would love to see in the hall of fame, uh, there's so many, first of all, I, I could rattle off 40, 50 names right now of people I would like to see in the okay, Hall of well, Fame. Give me one that, that you're really sort of like passionate about, who you're worried it may not get in. Oh, well, I'll just go right with, with this ballot right now. Like, sure. I, depending who I talk to, like, I'm worried about Joe Maurer. I think Joe Maurer should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't okay. think he's going to get like 5% or anything, but there's way too many people that reply to me and say, oh, he only caught for this many games and he, you know, his career totals are not there. But like for the years that he caught, he was like among the best catchers in the history of the game, like single digit mm -hmm. uh, catchers in the history of the game. So I feel like he should fly in at like 85%. I'm worried he's going to get less than half of that. Okay. That, that's an interesting one. Cause like, I, I think Maurer seems like someone who's going to get in eventually, I never felt mm -hmm. that he was any in, in any danger of falling under that 5%. No, I, I don't think he's in danger of falling under yeah. 5%. So maybe I shouldn't go there. I was just thinking like with the, yeah. the current yeah. ballot that came out. But if we're looking at like, gosh, uh, I love Thurman Monson. I think he is a great okay. candidate. I think uh, uh, he's an interesting one because of the, the shorter career. Uh, and he just did everything. He was a great defensive player, is a great offensive player, and mm -hmm. I just love catchers. I hate Yankees, but I love catchers. Uh, and I personally have so many yeah. candidates from the Negro Leagues that I would like to see get in. Everything from, okay. you know, a manager like Vic Harris or a player like John Beckwith. You know, John Beckwith not being in the Hall of Fame is like if uh, I don't. Oh gosh, he he was basically I don't know. Picture. Of Manny Ramirez type hitter, but he caught and played shortstop and played third base, like just an unbelievable player, but uh, he didn't have the, the, the nicest personality. So people think that's what's held him back, but you know, now we've got his numbers and can kind of disassociate the personality. And, you know, I always wonder, you know, how much to trust those, uh, 
long ago opinions of people's personalities you know maybe he's like the negro leagues dick allen character you know that type of thing dick allen is another i would put in a heartbeat as well uh, you know it's funny that you mentioned the, the negro leagues because I, I do want to sort of like uh, bring up bring that up i know that's something that uh you are a big part of in terms of uh with baseball reference uh but before we sort of get there uh i want to talk about your personal fandom so what is your well, okay, working for baseball reference and sports reference overall encompassing, do you have a sports team that you personally follow and does it affect, well, it can't affect, but how do you not let it affect what you do? That's an interesting question. Yeah. Uh, I do have a sports team that I follow incredibly closely, um, but that team is not a baseball team. It is a, oh. a German soccer team, Borussia Dortmund. That's the jerseys behind me. Okay. So yeah. it, on the baseball front, I have kind of, I grew up a Red Sox fan. 2004 was the best thing to ever happen to me in sports. You know, I'm in the New England area, but over the years, I have become less of a fan of a current team and more of a fan of baseball history at large. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Red Sox are still the first team whose scores I check, but mm -hmm. I don't like, you know, I can't, I don't feel pain when Red Sox fans feel pain. I, I in turn don't carry the same joy as when uh, Red Sox fans do, but, you know, I'd follow the game as a whole, you know, I love following the stories of Shohei Otani and, and, you know, and Adrian Beltre is on the ballot this year. I just absolutely loved yeah. everything about Adrian Beltre. I had to watch what he did every single day. Um, so I'm just more of a general fan of the game now in the history of the game I, i've told some people okay. like the way i follow the game today is like i'm almost tracking the players legacies i, I think through about things through a historical hall of fame lens so I'm, I'm following players like looking at how their legacies are building i guess you could say okay i i now want to i've already set up in my head a second interview about soccer <laughs> excellent because if you look at my last name buchner all right, so we're 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 gonna talk Bundesliga at some point. Oh, excellent! <laughs> yeah, no, that that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. Uh, okay, so with the current ballot, uh, one thing that I kind of liked with the current ballot right now uh, that we just had, uh, and we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, this will probably go up a few days after, uh, hopefully before uh, December. I worry sometimes that we sometimes forget about people to vote for. Uh, I'm thinking of Willie Davis, for example, uh, as a player who statistically wise, especially for someone in baseball reference, should have been on a ballot and is probably, in my opinion, maybe you would agree, disagree, I don't know, uh, the best player who never got on a ballot in any, yeah, okay. Certainly, it, yes. Okay, in any capacity, but... I like the fact that we're not sort of like putting people on the ballot who let's be blunt has have no shot. Is there any player right now on the current ballot who you think or no, or any person who should have been on? Um, gosh, I, every year I, I look at who the best players were who were not uh, on the ballot because uh, I started doing that the year that Javier Vasquez was left off of the ballot because that is a player yeah, yeah, yeah. who absolutely should have been on. I think the best player that was not on the ballot this year, it was either Denard Span or Chase Headley, depending how you look at things. Yeah. And it would be nice to remember them, but the line has to be somewhere. And I, I don't have a problem with it, I guess I should say. 
Yeah, no, and, and that's fair enough because like I, I'm looking at that and I'm going to be doing a show with uh, my partner, Evan Nolan, on our Hall of Fame show where we we just look at Hall of Fame encompassing. And when I if, if I were to say that either James Shields or Bryn Phillips were the two least qualified players on a Hall of Fame ballot, as a Toronto Blue Jays fan, I would be thrilled if I had them at their prime. Right. Yeah. Brandon Phillips, I think uh, it's interesting that he comes on a couple or I guess it's just a year after Jimmy Rollins. He's a little bit like a Jimmy Rollins light. Those types of guys deserve to be on the Hall of, on the Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, I want to make sure that a player like Brandon Phillips, he's way over that line for me. When you get down to Denard, you know, nothing against Denard Span, but the line does have to be somewhere. Right, and as right. you get down to where Denard Span is, there's a lot more players like him. So it makes it hard to draw that line. What for you personally is like, I had the pleasure of speaking with Sean Foreman, uh, who obviously you work uh, with and uh, he had, he, he's part of, he's, he actually has a, a hall of fame vote. Uh, do you have one? I do not know. Uh, or is that something that could happen in the future for you? You know, I haven't like looked into what it would take to get one. Uh, we do have uh, another person on staff, uh, Dan Hirsch, who, who ran the baseball gauge, who does have like a, a, he voted for rookie of the year this year. So, you know, we do, do have people uh, on staff who, who have that capability. I've never looked into it. I've always saw myself as more like the outsider in that respect and just kind of commenting on how things go. Um, okay. But, you know, maybe, maybe I would change my mind. I don't know if like, my clock would start like as soon as I look into, you know, it's 10 years until you make that vote, or maybe I should have like looked into it years ago so that that clock would have started a while ago, but yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's sort of like join. I I've learned for, yeah, for myself that that's probably something that's not going to happen for myself. Uh, when you're sort of like looking at the uh, one thing that you mentioned earlier is with the Negro leagues. Uh, when I when I spoke with Sean, uh, one thing that I was super impressed with, and I guess that's something that maybe you quarterbacked a lot more of is the stats on the Negro leagues and sort of like making that like a bigger part of what's the baseball reference. And a, a year ago, and apologies for my dog in the background. Uh, he's super excited about that also. Uh, but when we're talking about the, the Negro leagues, uh, something that sort of like took place on baseball reference was, and, Apologies if I have this wrong. Was like the Negro leagues are major leagues, and can you uh, sort of like speak a little bit about how that came to be and the impact that your stats and all your research sort of have done to make that as a part of the grand scope of Major League Baseball or not or just baseball legacy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, so in December of 2020, that's when. Uh, Major League Baseball made the announcement that Negro League's stats would be uh, uh, reclassified as as Major League, uh, not not just the, the stats, but like the seven leagues uh, that they 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 chose as the the ones that would be considered major. Um, we kind of already had the wheels in motion on going ahead and doing that process ourselves, which it was great because it, it showed that we were on the right path 
there. Uh, we had a partnership in place with Seamheads, who obviously had the, the Seamheads Negro Leagues database, which was the state-of-the-art Negro League data at the time. That is where all of our data comes from. It is not people at, at Baseball Reference combing through the box scores and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's all coming from Seamheads. That has been decades-long project of, of folks like like Gary Ashwill and Kevin Johnson and Scott Simkis and, and Larry Lester, just incredible researchers that I've become friends with over, over the last few years as well. And uh, it's it's such a great partnership because you know I, I just love all those people dearly, and it's it's great to have their work on on uh, you know Baseball Reference is a huge platform, so it's been great to have their stats incorporated with the all time leaderboards in stat head searches. You know when you look up the best seasons in history, you're gonna Turkey Stearns right there with Rogers Hornsby, you know that type of thing, and you know people are finding out like. Doby Moore, what what is what are these incredible stats from the shortstop who had a six year career? What's going on here? And it's leading to people asking more questions and learning about these incredible players. And uh, so you know, it, every single person at Sports Reference worked on that project. It was a it was a I forget how long it was. It was at least six months of just incredibly hard work and people learning new different roles. Like you know, all of a sudden we were like. We were uh, soliciting content to have, you know, we didn't just want to put the stats up and have people wonder what the heck it was doing there. We we had this whole New York Leagues or Major Leagues launch where there were several essays that described the data, talked about the players, talked about why the data is different. The New York Leagues are the are major leagues, but they were very different. There was a lot different about them. They had a shorter number of game, uh, a fewer, uh, sorry, a smaller number of games in the official record, but that's because there were so many additional games going on, which they needed to do uh, barnstorming on the side so that they can, you know, raise the money to, to go from town to town and keep playing right. their season. It was just totally different. And so many of the differences that people look down on and say, oh, you, you know, th there's, you can't use that as an all-time record because there's not enough plate appearances. Well, those are all because system the systemic racism was in place that they had to do these things differently than you know the AL and NL which had these nice defined schedules and these stadiums that they could always count on being available and you know they could count on getting their paychecks and things like that and the Negro Leagues it was very different so you know we wanted to make sure that we not only presented the data but presented the context of why the data is different and uh, I'm still incredibly proud of that project. It was the most fulfilling project I've ever been a part of in my career at all. And, uh, you know, it ignited Negro Leagues research for me, which I, I was not a, a Negro Leagues researcher before the project started. You know, I, I had, you know, a casual interest in it and I knew who a few of the players were, but, you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, every time I'm done working, I'm, I'm doing research and writing saber bios and giving presentations on, you know, army teams that had several uh, Negro League players on them. And, you know, you, you asked earlier, like, do I want uh, a Hall of Fame vote? But with Sabre right now, we're working on another task force that's kind of reevaluating the other teams that weren't a part of the, the major league uh, reclassification and seeing if there are other opportunities to, to reclassify certain teams or certain leagues. And I'm a part of that project right now. And that to me is something that's a lot more fulfilling to be a part of than, you know, maybe voting on uh, a BBWA ballot, for example. Okay. But with some of the research that you've done, is there somebody from the Negro Leagues that you would personally want to push forward to those who could vote? Absolutely. Uh, I, I mentioned John Beckwith uh, earlier. 
Doby Moore is a, a super interesting case because for several years he played baseball in the army because there was no Negro National League yet. And that was that just happened to be the best place to get a paycheck playing baseball. And there were great players out there. Bullet Rogan was one of his teammates. He's in the Hall of Fame. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he only played six years in the Negro Leagues. He was the best player, uh, certainly the best shortstop uh, for those six years. And then his career ended because he was shot. And it oh. was not the greatest of circumstances. It was uh, he was shot by his girlfriend. Uh, but uh, he's just this incredible, like an Alex Rodriguez level type of player uh who had this short career and he's just a really interesting case because the end of the career is truncated because of the the, the gunshot and the front half is, is truncated because he was playing off in the army in hawaii instead of uh in the major leagues because of the color of his skin so it's really interesting uh nuances there and this gosh there's so many players that george scales is a, a player who played like 21 years in the negro leagues and he's a you know, an infielder who hit like 340 with like a 145 OPS plus or something like this is a any any other like circumstance. He's a Hall of Famer. Vic Harris, just a 300 hitter and uh, playing in the outfield and and won pennant after pennant as a manager, just a, a great player and an even better manager. Uh, gosh, Heavy Johnson is another one of my favorites. He played on that Army team with Doby Moore and, and Bullet Rogan. So he spent seven years with that team, seven prime years. And what does he do when he finally does join the Negro Leagues? He hits 400. And then the next year he hits 400 and wins the Triple Crown. Just an unbelievable player. Is there any Negro League player who sort of like uh, did make it to the majors that we're overlooking, you think? Oh, yes. That's that's my newest area of okay of research, actually. I call them the outsider baseball all-stars. Some of them played a little bit in the major leagues. Some of them played a little bit in the Negro leagues. There are some that didn't play there at all, but a lot of players spent a lot of time in Latin America. They played in Cuba. They played in Mexico. They played in Puerto Rico. You know, I mean, there's a case to be made that it, some years, like the Mexican league and the Puerto Rican league and the Cuban league probably were just as talented as the major leagues. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a it's a really interesting environment because they had a lot of the, the players from the AL and NL going down there as well. So like, who are some of these players? Like, uh, are you looking for some that played in the Negro Leagues, played in the, or uh, I can give you examples of both. <laughs> well, I, I guess specifically, because for, for me, when I'm looking at the, the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, the first word is National Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. So in theory, if we go by that route, I would assume, and I don't know this for sure, but I don't know if they're really paying attention to what they did in Mexico, Puerto Rico, or whatnot. Uh, I, I, I found it really interesting that with Jim Leland, for example, uh, on his bio, they mentioned how, because uh, because he's nominated for, like, like, like currently in, I, I guess, the contributors, mm -hmm. how he led the United States to a championship in the World Baseball Classic, and I, I go back to an article that I read not that long ago where they were a little upset that they did not, that the National Baseball Hall of Fame did not honor anyone from Asia. And my thought was, well, they're not because the first word in the Baseball Hall of Fame is national. Mm -hmm. So 
with all due respect to Hideki Matsui, for example, anything he did in Japan is not relevant to what they do in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Much like in the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame, there is no Americans. Right or wrong? I'll push I, back on. And I'm I don't push back what, a little bit. <laughs> no, no, please. Yeah, because I think that in 2006, when they inducted Jose Mendez and Cristobal Torriente, both Cuban players who were great mm-hmm. Negro Leagues players, I think they opened that door a little bit to considering okay. the careers outside of the United States because they. Torriente played a long time in in the U.S. Um, Mendez not quite as extensively, although part of that is just because the Negro National League didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but both were mega stars in their native Cuba as well. And I I think that a better way to frame it would be like the player needs to have a significant presence in the United States. But okay. if they have that, then I think we should be able to consider their entire body of work. So Ichiro, I think. You know, he, he he played extensively. Ichiro is a, is a different animal. Ichiro is going to get in. If we separate just what he did in Japan, he's getting in no matter what as a first ballot. Right. That article that I read wanted everything to sort of encompass. And mm-hmm. that's sort of interesting to what you sort of like brought where, okay, and I wasn't aware of that, where you can sort of like open this umbrella that may not exist or did not exist before at least in my mind anyway or at least maybe in their mind what do we do though with maybe a future player who okay okay here's something i want to bring up here let's say hypothetically shohei otani his arm falls apart and i obviously i'm not hoping that's going to happen i otani is one of my favorite players to watch i think you would agree with that. I think anyone watching this would agree with that. But if, but if his career cannot continue, technically, he's not Hall of Fame eligible because he did not make ten years. Possibly. Again, we go back to two thousand six. Dobie Moore was on the ballot, and he only had six and a little bit of, basically, a month of another season in the in the negro leagues and he made the ballot so i find that interesting because i think that the 10 years is not locked i don't in. know i don't th- i don't i don't think it's locked in i think i think that there's there's there like uh for example shohei otani if you add all of his seasons mm-hmm. he played 11 seasons only uh what is it six of them have been in the in the american and national right, league like josh hamilton was not on a ballot or will not right. so but yeah, but but obviously I, I'm putting Shohei way over Josh. No disrespect to Josh. The the way the rules are stated, no, Otani would not be on there. But I think that uh, I think that the rules should be different. I think okay. that if Otani retired today, he should be eligible because he has played ten years. It's just that only six of them were in in uh, in the United States. Okay. But I also think that the 10 years, that shouldn't be, you know, it should be, uh, if you had enough of an impact in eight years, it should be fine. I'm a big fan of the idea of Sadaharu O as a possible baseball Hall of Famer. What do you think of that? I, I love the idea. 
Mm -hmm. um, I think that does open us up to it's now the global baseball hall of fame, which to be completely frank, I think would be a much better place to visit. I think it would be amazing if, you know, we had, uh, you know, players who only played in Cuba, uh, who, who are, were, uh, superstars or, or in Mexico, um, it would be so awesome because there would be so many new players to learn about, you know, a, a player like Perucho Cepeda could then be a hall of famer. Orlando's dad was just a unbelievable, like he's better than Orlando Cepeda. He was just an unbelievable player, uh, only played in Puerto Rico and Venezuela, was given three different invites to come to the United States, never did because he hated racism and did not want to be, you know, a part of that and did not want to, you know, live his life in the United States as a, a second-class citizen. So he stayed in his native Puerto Rico and, and, and is a Hall of Famer there. I would love to see a Hall of Fame that tells stories like his or, um, gosh, Lazaro Salazar is a personal favorite of mine. He was a Cuban pitcher slash first baseman outfielder who also managed for many, many years and won 14 uh, titles as a manager. And he was just this incredible two-way player. And he, he was definitely a Hall of Fame talent. There's no question about it. And it would be great to be able to see players like that in the Hall of Fame. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so same, So basically you you would hold up, I'm just trying to think, uh, I mean, it's not the best example, but I think of a Julio Franco who just did so much combined that I, I find it like a, like a really fascinating career. I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer, but I think it, it gets elevated in some capacity. You're speaking my language because I'm, okay. I'm just start, starting to prep for you know a, a, a future podcast about uh, my evolving feelings on Julio Franco in the Hall of Fame. One of my favorite players of all time. I, as part of my research on these outsider baseball uh, all-stars, the only modern player I've collected the stats for is Julio Franco. And he had- wow. 4,410 hits, 4,410, uh, 331 home runs, over 2,100 RBI, 2,200 runs scored, almost 600 stolen bases, hit 307. He did it everywhere. I think uh, a Hall of Fame with Julio Franco in his story would just be a richer place. And I know that he's not traditional, but uh, a lot of my uh, Hall of Fame takes recently are very much on the non-traditional side. <laughs> All right. What are your other non-traditional takes then? I, you know, I just love looking at the entire, uh, you know, a lot of my focus is on the Negro Leagues as well because they were not eligible for so long. So uh, so okay. some of these takes, like a, a six-year player like Doby Moore or, um, you know, a player like Heavy Johnson who spent the vast majority of his prime in you know the barracks in hawaii uh but then you know he played a couple just lights out you know triple crown years in the the negro leagues and then he hung on for a little bit longer he always hit but uh you know he slowed down and was never uh, a great fielder but and you know i mentioned lazarus salazar but there's also guys like uh Tatela vargas is now the all-time single season batting average record holder on baseball reference because of uh, his, I think it was 44 with the New York Cubans, hit 471 in a short season. Uh, but this guy played 33 years. Like he played everywhere. He's a Dominican player, mm -hmm. 
spent the longest time in, in Puerto Rico, played in Cuba. Uh, he, you know, if this guy played in the major leagues, we're definitely looking at a 3,000, possibly 4,000 hit man. Um, so Totello is one. Uh, Roman Bragania, the only 30-game winner in Mexican League history. He was just a... <laughs> he won 30 games that year as the manager. And like two years before, he finished second in the league in home runs as a hitter, like one behind Monte Irvin. Like this is the type of player that he was. Oh, wow. he, he he could pitch, but then, you know, if, if he was finishing second to just, you know, some schmo, you know, it wouldn't be that is that impressive, but he's, you know, competing with uh, Monte Irvin for home run titles and then winning 30 games a couple of years later. Just there's so many great stories like this that happened not only outside of the AL and NL, but outside of the Negro Leagues as well. And that's those are the things I'm really excited to learn about uh, these days. Is, so, is there a contributor that, because I, I know that Epa Manley has received a lot of uh, uh, praise, uh, Candy Jim Taylor. Is there another one who's not in the hall that maybe, in terms of being a contributor in the Negro Leagues that we haven't really looked at yet? Yeah, a lot of people love uh, Gus Greenlee. So he, you know, he the East West game was was all his. The second uh, was the Negro American League or Negro National League. Um, so you know, he's he was the the money behind uh, uh, so much of what happened in the Negro Leagues. Just a a huge uh, figure, but not for terribly long. Uh, which is a little bit of his, his issue. And, and a lot of the other owners didn't love him. But uh, he, Candy Jim Taylor is is like, he's like the Connie Mack of of the Negro Leagues. He he did not have a, a great managerial record in the Negro Leagues, but that's because he took on a lot of project teams. He didn't, right, yeah. you know, manage, you know, Homestead year after year like uh, Vic Harris did. He he took the the younger teams that were more of a project and he just did it forever. And he had a home run title as a player as well. So Candy Jim is, is a really great one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Candy Jim in the, he's in the Hall of Fame though, no? Candy Jim is not. Oh, his no. brother Ben is. Oh, yeah. His, yeah, I guess, yeah, Ben, I guess, ben I, I Taylor. Guess he was because like he's actually a nominee for the project that I've got going on, the United States oh, nice. Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that after, I guess, after. Uh, I just assumed he was, wow. Uh, okay, so personally, who is your most wanted in the in the Baseball Hall of Fame, regardless uh, of category? Oh, gosh, my most wanted. Huh. You know, just this afternoon, I was like, I started writing down a list of of possible candidates for the hall of fame that I'm, I'm really excited about. And then like, <laughs> I made a list of the ones from the Negro leagues. I put 10 down from the Negro leagues that I'm super excited about. I put 10 that are kind of associated with the Negro leagues who, you know, are these outsider guys. And then I was like, Oh, I'll do like the, the more traditional, you know, AL and NL ones. And, you know, I ended up with a list of like over 20. So th there's so many, like if I'm going to put one in, just one, just one. Uh, so, so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna throw one there and then one on the current ballot that you that okay. you could sort of like push for that but like one overall and then one on the current ballot that just came out. I mean, if I'm gonna say who is the number one player outside of PEDs, because this would be Barry Bonds, outside of PEDs, the very best player that is not in the Hall okay. of Fame, it would be John Beckwith from the Negro Leagues. Okay. And on the current ballot. 
on the current ballot. Uh, it just came out. As much, I, I love Joe Maurer, but Adrian Beltre is okay. Is he's uh, I love Adrian Beltre. Just okay. watching him play, his his defense, yeah. his smile, his his longevity, just <laughs> complete package. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to ask this, but now 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 that you sort of like uh sort of like open this up a bit here, uh, on the United States Athletic Hall that we just did, uh, Barry Bonds was a nominee. Uh, he did not get in. Uh, 11 baseball players did get in. Uh, Pete Rose was also a nominee. We try to make it sort of interesting where you can decide whether you think their transgressions are worthy or not and go from there. Uh, personally for me, and I'm, I'll tell you my, my personal thing, and I'm curious what yours is uh, in terms of PDs. Uh, for, for me, I will forgive anyone before 2004 and the reason i say that is because and I, i'm sure you already know where where i'm going with this mm-hmm. baseball did not necessarily have anything set in place until that point in time and if there was no broken rule so i give bonds a pass i don't give a rod a rod a pass i'm wondering how do you feel about that? Because we've got A-Rod on the ballot, Man- Manny Ramirez on the ballot. I'd still probably vote for both of them, only because I more have an issue with the umbrella around it. But that's me. How do you right. feel? The, I am right there with you. Okay. Uh, the way I look at uh, A-Rod and Manny is, you know, I was pressed on this uh, a little bit because I posted, you know, kind of player by player what I thought on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. And, you know, if if I had, if they were the only two players on the ballot and I had all the room in the world, I would vote for them because I think that, you know, they were just so, so good that they they need to be in the Hall of Fame. However, if pressed with the, the 10 player limit, like there are well over 10 players I would want to vote for on this ballot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, if there's a tiebreaker, it's going to be them that's gone because they got busted while there was testing. So am I going to vote for this? This sounds backwards, but if, if, am I going to vote for Alex Rodriguez or Mark Burley? I'm a hundred percent going to vote for Mark Burley in that scenario. No, no, it, do, it doesn't me. because of what we just discussed. Right. Uh, but here's an interesting one. I'll, I'll, I'll leave with this one here. Uh, Cause I, I love what, our discussion i could i could do this for another two hours but i'm sure you can't uh he's in his last year on the ballot and he was not popped but he's part of the mitchell report and that's 500 home run player gary sheffield i'm a i'm a yeah i'm a i'm a yes on gary sheffield he's the one that i uh i had categories like it's a formality which was beltre and mauer then i had uh strong yeses like very strong yeses for um beltron and uh gosh there was one more i'm forgetting who it was but i debated putting sheffield in that strong yes cat just an unbelievable hitter and i'm i'm happy to forgive uh you know anything that he might be associated with uh since it was pre-2004 as well Okay, well, and in, in to that point, it was it was never supposed to come out, but right. Uh, Sheffield, I always thought, I always thought personally, and I think this hurt McGriff, and I, I'm kind of curious what you, your thought is on this. And McGriff did 
that get, did get in, there's a bit of a vagabond worry mm. with them where you're going from place to place where uh, I'm a Jays guy. I'm a Canadian. So, but Fred McGriff, his best years was not in Toronto. Was it Atlanta? Was it in San Diego? Was it in, and, and Gary Sheffield, what was it uh, nine different teams? I'm, I'm not even mm. sure at this point. When Gary, if Gary Sheffield gets in, what's his hat? Uh, we joke that when with Fred McGriff, that it would be the Tom Romanski that right, yeah. Sheffield sort of like that, and I think that hurts a player like that. If you had take those stats, that asterisk being the the mature report, and just say it's split between two teams, I think he's already in, even with his questionable attitude which was non-committal right i i think he's way over the line in terms of i mean he was not a good defender but he was just such a great hitter yeah. i think he's you know you know very similar to manny in that case but you know i i don't i don't think there's much that separates them to be honest if we're talking uh manny and sheffield you know both pretty rotten fielders generational hitters and they both kind of had their demons, but one did it, you know, one broke the rules that were spelled out in front of them twice. And like his career ended because of it, Manny. But uh, Sheffield, you know, you know, he played many years with with testing in place and, and nothing ever happened. And he was still a very productive hitter. You know, he's got a 140 OPS plus in like 11,000 plate appearance. He's got, what is it? 539, 509 home runs, sorry. And, yeah. you know, he would have had 3,000 hits if he didn't walk so damn much. So he was just a, one of the best hitters ever. Just, I love him. Yeah, I just realized I have one more thing. Uh, my own personal bias, and it's sort of an anti one, I'm not huge on uh, Billy Wagner. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, some of the, my friends in, in, in our little circle that we do in the Hall of Fame discussion tell me openly that I'm wrong. I look at him as not now. I look at him with with a K Rod on this ballot as not even the best reliever. Am I right or am I wrong? So uh, I'm I'm, I I'm for for Rodriguez in the Hall of Fame. I'm not for Wagner. So you you go K Rod over Wagner. All right, that part I don't know if I agree with. Okay. Uh, That that tweet that I told you about where I kind of ranked the player I was forgetting, by the way, that was in the strong yes was Chase Utley. I think he's absolutely a a Hall of Fame. Just yes, I could go on about Chase Utley. My yes list had uh, Andrew Jones, Todd Hilton, Sheffield was there, Abreu, Burley, and Pettit. I think the pitchers are underrated on this ballot. And then I had Wagner in his own category of sure, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> so that kind of shows where I am on Billy Wagner. I don't hate that he would go in. I just don't think 903 innings is remotely, you know, I don't want to spend my time talking about a pitcher with 903 innings when, you know, 2000 weren't enough for Johan Santana. Yeah. It makes no sense. Okay. No, I, 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 I see what you're saying there with that. I, I get, I guess with Wagner, I just look at his playoff stuff. And like for me, I mean, I, I keep going back to Rivera, like uh, the greatest reliever of our general well, period was even better in the postseason and Wagner faltered. 
and then you look at K-Rod, who was at his best when the lights were on. But that's just me. Okay, I can see uh, that that explains a little bit more of why you lean K-Rod. I think yeah. both of their first... careers, yeah. both of their careers are very small samples, mm. and the postseason is even smaller. But like with Billy Wagner, um, so let's take two pitchers. One of them is 2.31 ERA in 903 innings. And the other one is a 2.46 ERA in 924 innings. So the innings are just like 19 innings apart. And the ERA is 0.15 apart. And those two pitchers, one of them is Billy Wagner's entire career. And the other one is Dwight Gooden through age 22. <laughs> I love Dwight Gooden. And Dwight Gooden ended up winning, I don't know, 150 more games after that or something like that. So to me, like, it's fine if people want Billy Wagner in. I think it's ludicrous to, you know, like, talk to me once, you know, Dwight Gooden, Mark Burley, Rick Rushell, Tim Hudson, Johan Santana, and a partridge in a pear tree are in the Hall of Fame. All right. I love this. All right. We're on, we're on similar pages, I think, for the most part. All right, this has been great. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope we can do this again. Uh, I'll reach out to you about some of the other projects that we're working on. And for all those watching, uh, check out everything that we're doing here in the Bucknerverse. That's what I call it. I love it. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, NotInHallOfFame.com. And where can everyone find you on uh, social media? Yes, you can find my my Garbage Hall of Fame takes on uh, on still on Twitter. I'm hanging on uh, onto the, the last life raft. Uh, baseball twit is is the handle there. I do have a blue sky Adarowski if you know just in case uh, I need to go there. But uh, it was it was great to meet. I've I've looked at the site like for oh, I you. don't know fifteen years or something. I've I've been look. How long has it been around? I feel oh, like God, it's been I, around forever. I don't even know. <laughs> it's the site that I go to. I even did it today when I'm like. I want to think of all my favorite guys who's not who aren't in the Hall of Fame. That's the list I go to to make sure I didn't miss anyone. You know that that's the type of thing. You know, you know the the funny thing is like, well, or since it's out there, uh, that's not even my personal list anymore. It's based on what now people come come through. My own personal one is altered completely, and it's like I like do I put something just with my personal one or just the site one? I don't know. I don't. It's a, it's a it's a lot of work to make it all encompassing. I don't have to tell you that, <laughs> right? I, I I've got that uh, issue too, where I just keep yeah. building things and and making things to share all this stuff uh, out there. So yeah, my, my if, wife who just got home just said like you do way too much. Focus <laughs> on one thing. Yeah, one more thing I'll throw out there. If you, if some of these names of players like are totally new to you, like Tatelo Vargas or Ramon Bragania, and, and you want to learn more about them, I've been collecting their stats at Dorowski.com slash outsider. So that it's just a a way to collect some stats of of some all-time greats that uh, I didn't know as much about. And now I want to share them with the world. So. Oh, this has been great. Thank you so much. And wherever you all are, wherever you may be, make it a great day. It, it, it's not coming again. Take care.